0: Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of the Golden Rule Revolution. I am Lucas Mack. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you are doing well. The last solo episode that I did, (laughs) I was in a low place, and wrestling, you guys, first of all, I just appreciate, I've had so much beautiful feedback from listeners, and and each of you have reached out and said you're praying, holding space, sending good thoughts, I I receive it all i honor it all and i thank you all for that it's been it's been really beautiful the past 6 months that i've experienced have been really dark dark night of the soul is an understatement i've had dark nights of the soul incredibly dark not even nights seasons this was a season and In it, I learned something massively important that I want to share, and this happened to me last Friday night. So Friday night, I was wrestling with being angry, and you've heard me talk about being angry at God. Who am I angry at? What am I angry at? Who is God? Why is God? All these questions, existential and very real in this present reality, I'm wrestling with the answers and the questions that I have. The prescribed answers that are given to me from the system, which all seem lacking, to really liberate and connect with my own soul and the truth in my heart. Now, a lot of you know that the Bible is something that I've read so many times and it's been a construct and a tool but i've questioned literally everything the the writers of the bible who's what is the bible does bible mean baal baal worship the sun worship this whole construct this whole system has been somewhat of a challenge for me and Although I've experienced it all, I've been in leadership and ministries and churches and worship leader and ran my own ministry and and have gone down the Christian path so hard, it's not felt like home to me. Maybe because my own personal experiences have been so unique. However, it's not felt like home. And a couple nights ago, last Friday night, I'm sitting and I'm praying and not to harp on my story, not to bring it up, but I want to give context to what I'm about to share because you can tell by the title of this podcast, <laughs> something very intense happened. So, and there are so many, I'm, I'm going to say this. So many of you, so many of us, humanity has been abused. So much of us have gone through trauma, being hit, intimidated, molested, sexual, physical, spiritual, emotional, mental, Psychological abuse. So many of us humans have endured so much. You have endured so much. I have endured so much. And I've talked about it from the soul contract level. I've talked about it from the visions that I've seen that God allowed us to choose which body we would jump into and see the ripple effect of us choosing that body and all the lights will impact prior to us jumping in and after us jumping in that body. I've talked about the soul contract with every person who played their perfect role and and true liberation is saying thank you to each person, thanking them. Thank you for fulfilling your agreement as dark and ugly and vile as some of the agreements have been. Those who committed those acts did it to the fullest extent of the agreed upon law so that we can know the depth of pain in order to know the liberation of healing. And last Friday night, I had a very intense but beautiful experience. And this is not to indict anyone. So what I'm about to share is not to rehash or bring energy towards anything in my past, but I share my story with you so you don't feel alone in your story, in your journey. So I have had so much anger rise up. My wife has been sick, which mirrored my mom getting sick when I was a kid in the midst of the chaos and abuse and insanity that was my life. And there's so much I haven't talked about, nor will I talk about on this podcast. Um, but I have, I've gone through it all and I was always the nice guy. I was always a people pleaser. I say I, I was a prolific people pleaser. I was scared to be angry because what did that mean? I was scared of what was inside of me because what did that mean about me? What does it mean about us when we really get honest with the subtle, nuanced inclinations that come in? What do we do with those? Do we hide them? I certainly have, or shunned them, or shut them down, or ignored them, and kept moving forward. Kept smiling, kept playing the game kept doing what I was doing, even an earnest desire to serve God and to love others and to love God and to love others. There was something inside me that I had not yet dealt with. And it really was an unconscious undealing because without going through this dark season of the soul, I really couldn't get clear and honest with what it was that I needed to bring forth. Being abused as a child is so confusing, especially when you have a narcissistic parent who is a public figure and is perceived as greater than just the greatest thing ever. I cannot tell you how many times I've had people, oh, you're so lucky, you're so lucky, and they had no idea the hell that I was living in. And even to this day, being made the villain of that narcissist story. But I know in my heart that all I've ever wanted to do was love and be loved and be seen and see others in that pain. And I was confused for so long. And yet, so as the people pleaser unaware of how much anger I had inside me, but little things would set it off. And not wanting to ever hurt anyone, I internalized it and shut it down. I internalized it and shut it down to the point where now I couldn't run from it. My wife has been sick. My children, I have four children, I have a baby. It has so much going on. My kids have gotten sick. It's just been a crazy season. And I have had a lot of people um, say to me that, you know, spiritual attack, which there's no doubt about that. But God is God is. The most high is the power and everything else is a lesser form thereof. So I go to God, walk in that presence, walk in his presence. And in that presence, I am covered. I am saved. I am in salvation to walk in the love of God. And yet I've still experienced these struggles, these issues. Now I want you to listen because this is an important episode. I don't, I've actually sat on this episode. haven't recorded For a few days, because I'm a little nervous about saying what I'm about to say. So as I'm Friday night in prayer by myself, everyone else is asleep in the house and I'm sitting there and I've talked, I think about this on the podcast before, but when I was 17 years old, I grabbed the knife to kill my father who was abusing my mother. My brother's walking in the living room, not talking and I was putting the dishes away and I just wanted it to end. I wanted it to stop. I wanted it to go away. I wanted it to finally go away. And as soon as I grabbed the kitchen knife in my hand, I dropped it and I started bawling my eyes out, broken soul sadness. I can't describe the sadness with the words, but- you know, that utter guttural brokenness and not wanting to do this, just wanting it to stop. And I go to my parents, I go to my dad. I'm like, I'm sorry. I wanted to kill you. I wanted to kill you. I'm crying. I'm sobbing. 17 years old. It's in the spring of 17. I'm six months away from being 18 year old. And my dad walks away, doesn't say anything to me, looks at me and walks away. My mom's crying, my brother's rocking, like, and I'm crying. And the next morning, I got dressed, went to school. No one ever talked about it ever again. And this constant cycle, this constant repeating of trauma and then never talking about it, trauma and never talking about it happened over and over and over and over and over and over and over again to the point. And this, I've talked about this so many times where there was a bifurcated reality. There was the external face that I put on to survive. And then there was the internal depression, sadness, darkness, confusion, dread. And I will also say yearning, just an ache, a soul ache. Okay. It's it's the best way I can say the words like a soul ache to be loved. And in my woundedness, in my brokenness, I continued because I got positive feedback from the face that I put out in the world. And this is all of us get this. Every time we put our ego on, whatever mask we so choose to put on and we go out into the world, people um, reward us for our mask. You get promoted, you get a job, you get uh, different roles, you have friends, you you. Are in relationship. This is all from the mask that we put on. And I tried to stay in that mask for as long as I possibly could. If I felt the mask slipping, I would even just hold on tighter to that mask. And amidst the holding on to the mask, the smiling, I was a prolific people pleaser. I was scared to stand up for myself. I was scared to say no. I was scared to call out. That which I saw was unjust. I was scared to have a boundary. But I wouldn't ever admit that I was scared. I just tried to outwork, outperform, outrun it all. So if the boundary was it, that I never put forth was broken or someone encroached too close to me to take advantage of me, I would out hustle or outperform to show them that what they were doing was not appropriate, that there was another way I wanted them to act, but I never stood up for myself. I was a prolific people pleaser. And I talked about, you know, if, if you've listened to this podcast any length of time, you've heard me share a lot of this stuff that I was walking one day in 2016, I was going for a walk and I'll never forget this vision that I had of myself as a golden retriever that would get on its back and other dogs would bite me. And I would look at them and I say, I don't understand why you're biting me. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not here to hurt you. So I get even lower into my back, almost like trying to dissolve into the ground, showing them that I'm not a threat. And all the while, the dynamics of who I am in relation to the world, I've always been tall, six, three, big guy, but played very small. And when I went to therapy for the very first time, I learned what healthy aggression was that a dog bears its teeth, not because the dog hates the person that it's bearing its teeth to or the other dogs or any other animal it's bearing its teeth as a loving warning to say that is far enough. So I had to learn what healthy aggression was. And it took a lot of work. It took tremendous amount of personal development. I think I was adding it up. I, I think I've spent close to $100,000 pers- in, in personal development since 2016. Spent a lot of money, I've done a lot of work and, and it's okay because <laughs> I had a lot of work to do. But I'm giving you context because Friday night, last Friday night, I'm sitting in this and I have had so much anger and the anger I needed to release, I needed an absolute release. And a couple weeks ago or about a month ago, I had this idea like, I've been so angry at God God and I talk all the time, nonstop. And I was so angry at him. I was like, can I be angry at my dad? I've forgiven him that he played his perfect role so I can be who I am. So, and to even engage with that energy is so small. It's not fulfilling my soul. There was something bigger. There is something bigger. And I read the Bible and I read all these texts and I'm like, man, it's, it feels still small. And I don't mean to minimize anything. I'm just explaining my experience and it it just feels small. I know all the right answers. I can give you a dissertation on the doctrine denominational dogma. I can, I know what it says. And yet I still found myself angry and not sure where to place the anger. Am I angry at myself? I did this meditation where I met my higher self, my coach. I have a beautiful coach who uh, I'm working with right now. And she led me on this meditation and I saw my higher self and my higher self said two things to me. He said, you did it. Like I've done it. I've arrived, whatever that means I'm here. So take a breath and then said, now you have to forgive God. I think I've shared this on the podcast. If I haven't, you're hearing this for the first time. It was a mind, expanding moment where I was like, now I have to forgive God, forgive God. What? What is this concept? Never even thought of this concept, but it made sense also because I have been so hurt, so wounded, so broken. I have bled. I have, Ah, oh, I have lived in so much trauma and, and I'm trying to live this life that God has called me to. And I'm still dealing with residual and my wife's bringing up childhood trauma and it's, it's not her fault. It's not my children's fault. It's just the season that I found myself in. And it started to make me really angry, angry at what happened to me. Really angry, angry that it happens in the world, angry that people go through this angry, angry, angry. It's so interesting to even talk about podcasts about anger because it's almost taboo. It's like, Ooh, he's angry. He's not a righteous man or a holy man. And this is the point of this podcast. Jesus said, be angry and sin not. Not but sin not, and sin not, a coupling, a, and joining together to become, to become one. Be angry and sin not. Now sin means, in Archer's term, it means to miss the mark. So the mark, the the called out, Mark, that you and I are to walk in every single day. The actual gift of our very existence is to walk in the presence of God. To breathe in the presence of God, to live in the presence of God. And I'm saying God, and a lot of you who have not come from the religious world, but come from the spiritual world, a lot of people have wrestled with this term God. Even my dear friend Fabiano, who I just had on recently, calls it Gus, God, universe, source, and spirit. But what I found Friday night in this meditation is that we must personify God. God is above our thoughts, above our ways, the infinite one. It's all consciousness that knows all, is above all, before all, after all, through all, in all. God is beyond even what we can fathom, but it is important that we personify God, not the old man in the sky, not this rent, uh, vengeful, wrathful God, but a loving God, a God of love. The Bible says God is love. Bible also says God is light. God is light and God is love. There is no question about that. I've gone through Genesis three in a podcast episode, I don't know, recently. And it says, and they heard the voice of the Lord, God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. That is a beautiful picture of mercy and intention and love. However, (laughs) I was still angry and this is kind of dark, but I want you to stick with me or maybe it's not dark, but it, it seems dark that this desire to extinguish that pain, the source of pain, in the form of killing it. This is why it's very interesting. The Bible is so much about sacrifice. It's very interesting that the top of the pyramid, which I call the top of the pyramid, the dark forces, the dark consciousness, constantly does sacrifice. You can figure that out. There is an absoluteness to the very concept of sacrifice. Sacrament. There's a. Th- these words are so interesting. However, I needed an absoluteness. If I'm going to forgive God and my coach, after I shared that with her said, well, I think you need to forgive yourself. And I'm like, forgive myself, forgive myself for what? It didn't really understand it. Like, okay, if I forgive myself for the soul contract that I chose, maybe I'm just so angry that all the pain that I've endured, I have to forgive myself for. But then there was this like unsettled feeling and resonance within me that I'm still angry at God. And then I was th- I thought and I'm giving you an inductive story here. So the end will be the payoff, so stick with me. But then I thought, what is this concept of God? Why do we even need God? Who is God? Is God really good? This is a question. Is God really good? Does God really love me? What is love? If I have endured all this pain, all this trauma, all this, all this pain. And blessings, certainly. Tremendous amount of blessings but also pain. And I'm not going to deny the pain and I'm not going to gaslight myself. And I don't want you to gaslight yourself any longer just because you have blessings. Doesn't mean you can't look at the pain. God wants us to look at it all and look at it. Don't be afraid. Don't turn your eyes. Look right at it. So then it led me to this concept. I'm so angry and I need to absolute release this anger And I had this idea is the concept of God that I have really God. And does God really love me? Is there real love? Or is this all a, an experience of accidents that we have to overcome adversity and rise and grow possibly, but I needed to know is God really love. So even saying this seems incredibly bizarre, but I'm saying it. So I thought, God, can I kill you? Can I kill you, God? So angry. Can I kill God? I can't kill my father. I can't kill another person, nor do I want to, nor would it alleviate the pain or make right the wrongs or undo the past. And I don't need to invalidate my past because I went through it all. I took it all. And here I am. And yet, I've gone down these different paths, the religious path, the spiritual path, I've gone down Judaism and Christianity and and study with famous world monks. And I've sat with shamans. I've gone all this path. I'm looking around all the places like where is truth? Where is love? Where is goodness? What is truth? How do we know if something's true? If we can breathe more deeply, truth makes us free. Truth is akin to our breath. Breath is akin to our soul. Our soul is neshama. Nashama means breath. So God breathed in the man and man became a living soul. Why is this entire existence, mankind berated so badly, poisoning our food, poisoning our water, poisoning our air, poisoning us, making us hate ourselves, self-hatred, self-castration, all the horrible acts that have taken place in what? The name of virtue? No, there is a force that hates mankind. Why? Because we are the very unique, gifted species, beings on this planet, on this realm, in this realm, that are made in the image of the Most High. Which means we can take the capacity of pain and transmute it into love. We can take our capacity of Pain and transmute it into love. Those who have been hurt the worst have the greatest capacity to love the most. You, dear brother, and you, dear sister, your pain is your power, and the power comes from you releasing that pain and receiving the love of God. Now, getting back to this concept of me asking God, can I kill you? Can I kill you? I have loved you from the very beginning. And yet I find myself in this anger and I want to know, can I kill you? And I get rid of you. Are you who you say you are? Are you good? And it blew my mind, God's response to me. God said, yeah, you can kill me. It was almost like you can kill me, but you can't kill me because that's impossible. But you can kill me, give it your best shot. And it was almost like I was like, like if, it, if God was a punching bag and I just swung as hard as I could, as long as I could, trying to break this concept or break the pain that I was holding for so long. Squeezing it so tightly until the pain would go away. And this is what I found. And this is the point. And this is what I'm here to share. And I am learning more and more every day why Am I here? Why are you listening to me? Because I am here to tell you about the infinite and unconditional true love of God. And this is what I found out. After I gave God every rage, like every, (laughs) I'm laughing now because it's so intense and so kind of funny that I'm having this experience by myself in in our bonus room with God. But I Gave him everything, almost. If I could try to kill him, and when I was done, God, I felt like looked at me, like he looks at us, and said, "Thank you. I, I love you." And I've always loved you. And it was in that moment that I realized that we have externally placed all our pain on external sources or outran them or outrun them. God wants you to put your anger, your pain, your frustration, your fear, your worry, your dread, your doubt, all these things. That have hindered you from being the fullest expression of your soul in your body, radiating the love of God. He wants you to put it all on Him and try to kill the source of all that, our perceived source. And that is when we will know how much He really loves us. He doesn't judge us, He judges the missed the marks, but he doesn't judge us. He judges to correct, but he doesn't judge to reject. And it was in that moment, in that infinitely intense moment that God showed me truly that he loves me. Even when I tried to kill him, that God loves me and he also loves you. He loves you, dear brother, dear sister. He loves you and you get to go prove that he loves you. Not by reading more like I did or praying more like I did or doing the right things like I have done or performing more or being better. No, God wants you to prove to yourself how much he loves you by you putting all your anger, all your rage, all your frustration, all the intensity that you can summon and place it upon him. And in that moment of placing it upon him and experiencing his absolute love for you, and pleasure in that you finally figured out where to put all this, God will fill you with love like you cannot even fathom. And for the rest of my life, I will be resolute, 100% clear that it's not just a theoretical knowing or an aspirational desire, but it is a truth that as dark as you can expose yourself to God, God will pour forth his light into you. His light's already in you. This is the irony. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. Didn't qualify it. The very first sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, you're the light of the world. You are. We have a bastardized view of God, a bastardized view of Jesus because of man, not God, because of religion, not God. Jesus is showing up in people's dreams and visions all over the world. I'm still wrestling, and I actually feel resolute on this, that Jesus means hail Zeus, and Zeus being the father of the pantheon, that Jesus brings glory to the father, that we love God. Jesus says, I and my father are one. So Jesus is the representation of God's love. So whether he was killed, whether he allowed himself to be the nail, the, it's, it's all metaphorical for you to place everything upon him and he will take it. God, the father will take it and show you that you are his child. And because you are his child, not the child parent experience of the human drama that we all come from, but the child parent experience of the divine nature by which we truly are. This is what God wants you to experience in him. And why is it him? Him is in the masculine energy because God gives and the masculine gives. The wounded masculine forces. But the divine masculine gives freely and will not force itself upon or in or through anyone. It has to be of us going to that source of giving and releasing everything before him to finally experience the space within us that is open, vast, and infinite, connected to the one infinite source of life and goodness that cannot be broken, that cannot be invalidated, that cannot be made void. And it is that place that our hearts are filled with the glory of the Most High. So God, in the He form, is the masculine giving and it is us in the we form that can finally open up and receive that love and the most beautiful thing about giving the greatest act of love we can give to another is to receive another person's love or hold space for their anger or whatever it is but it's to receive so god in that Giving us love will also receive from us whatever we are willing to give. And that is where we find the infinite and unconditional love of God. So the night I killed God was the night I found God's love. The night I tried to squeeze out all my pain and anger was the night God said, finally, Finally, you see, the dark consciousness wants us to focus our anger and pain on one another. It wants to divide us. It wants us to point fingers and judge. But Jesus, like the adulterous woman who is about to get stoned by the religious zealots, looks up and says, he was out without sin. Cast the first stone. Go ahead. To judge another is to judge yourself. Because what stone you throw, you set precedent for another to throw a stone upon you, which is an external facade that you have to keep up and it is so exhausting. We all can admit, I hope you can. It's exhausting to try to keep up the appearance of the false veneer. And the veneer only is held up because we're so afraid. What if anyone finds out I'm not enough in the ego mask? I'm only enough in my soul glory. But the only way we can take our masks off and come back to that vulnerable state of raw authenticity is when we can know the source of all love, the source of all strength, the source of all joy, the source of all hope. And that is the Creator. That is not in any temporal experience nor appetite that we can try to satiate. It is only coming from our very private and intimate moments with God. And I happen to share, I think, the very most private and intimate moment I've ever had with God. It was the complete opposite of performing. It was the complete opposite of coming with the right words. It was like raw honesty with God. And God gave me raw honesty back. And then it unlocks such a peace inside me. It is I've never experienced it before, ever, never. God loves me infinitely and unconditionally and loves you infinitely and unconditionally. I can tell you, I said it before, I've always said it, but I've talked about experiencing it as if it's coming or it's here. No, you go prove yourself. Go make God prove how much he loves you by going to try to kill God. Blame him for everything. Do it. Jesus says, cast your cares upon me do it. Cast all your cares, everything you care about, the anger, the the fear, the worry, the dread, the inadequacies, whatever it is, go ahead and cast it upon him. Watch what happens. It is the love of God that makes us free because it is the love of God that allows truth to come forth. And when our truth comes forth, when we feel courageous enough and free enough and safe enough to speak our truth is the moment we find our personal freedom. Jesus says in Revelation 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's not that you have to accept Jesus into your heart. It is that Jesus has been kicked out of the place that he is meant to rule and reign. Jesus meaning to the glory of God, the father, the Father God has created your heart. We live on earth, which is an anagram for heart, E-A-R-T-H or H-E-A-R-T. We are in the heart of the Father. It is us who have expelled the heart of the Father through all our experiences, forgettings, and misinformed teachings that God comes back and knocks and says, are you ready to give me everything? Because I will come in and I will clean your heart so fully, so beautifully, so magnificently that you will radiate the love that you have always wanted. You see, I wanted to be loved so badly. That's why I was a prolific people pleaser. And I have since done so much work over since 2016 to now where I'm not a people pleaser. However, I still was lacking the one thing, does God really Love me. How much does he love me? We're told that Jesus turns to the thief on the cross. When the thief on the cross says, Lord, remember me this day when thou enterest into thy kingdom. And Jesus turns to him and says, surely today thou shalt be with me in paradise. So we know that someone who is dying the cross death, and get into some other day, these stories and narratives. But it means that there's someone who has been judged and sentenced with a crime of death, God still turns and says, There's nothing you have done that cannot be forgiven. There's nothing that you do that cannot be forgiven. There's nothing that's been done unto you that you cannot forgive. But you can only know that when you go to God and blame God for everything. Who else are you going to blame? Who else are you going to blame? You see, why? The liars, the thieves, the murderers, the all this list, laundry list that the Bible says will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom, meaning king, the sovereign, dumb or dome, the covering, the sovereign covering of heaven, heaven is a conjunction word of heart and even the balanced heart is where the sovereign covering protects, is what the sovereign covering protects, the peace in your heart, the peace that passes all understanding. How can you know the peace that passes all understanding unless you go to God, blame him for everything, try to kill him, take him out for your, to be justified and then still experience that love. You see the Satanist, the dark consciousness, the evil, which is an inversion of live, They are doing these acts every single day as a virtue, which is a sin. It is a complete, utter miss the mark. And they claim that as a virtue. That's why God cannot allow a missed mark to be held as hitting the mark. Only walking in the love of God is hitting the mark. But we must give him everything. And I used to say, give him everything in that heart or hopes or dreams or aspirations or past or present or future. And those are certainly valid and virtuous things to give. The one thing that we have yet to give, I believe all of humanity has yet to give is to go really blame God for everything. Not say there is no God to say, no, there is a God and I Blame me for everything, all the tragedy, all the pain, all the destruction. Blame God and watch God work his true miraculous love inside you. You will know then. You will know God. It is the goodness of God that leadeth us unto repentance, to turn face, to turn back? How will you know the goodness of God unless you first prove the goodness of God to yourself? And stop reading stories of people that lived in the Bible as some virtuous way to live. Now you go be a person that is worthy of being written in the Bible. How about that? You go do the work and be worthy of being written about for the time to come is going to be new it is us the light workers those who love god so infinitely so groundedly we are the teachers revelation chapter 22 comes to an end what's the next book what's the next chapter what's the next verse we are writing it we are living it the ascension However you want to look at it, whatever nomenclature you want to apply to it is here. It is our job to see it for what it is and go into that space and to rise above all the lower vibrational densities that pull us down and they are existing in order for you to consciously make that choice to rise up. You see, it is a gift. The pain is a gift for healing. Darkness is a gift for light. Fear is a gift for love. Hatred is a gift for love. All the things that you experience that seem wrong or off, you can transmute them all to feel what it really means to be on, in love. And not pie in the sky, not some philosophical or existential love. I mean, really watch what happens. Go do it. Go get in that private space in a closet closet means to close it. It's a conjunction word. We live with so many conjunction words. You can break down the the language of of our speech, but go get in that close it and close yourself from the world. Be quiet and then be very loud. (laughs) And this is what I wanted to share. The moment I tried to kill God was the moment I understood the love of God. And the power of that love is immovable, it's immovable, it is the constant, it is what keeps the universe intact. Nothing can break, move, dispel, or shatter the infinite and powerful, unconditional love of God. There is words do not even describe it. And you, my dear brother and sister, are gifted with the blessing of receiving it when you go. And give to it everything, every fiber of your strength. The Shema, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. I think to love it is to really prove it, to try it, to 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 know its limitations. How do you know you love someone? It's like, do I love them if it's just easy Or do I love him during the hard times? This is real love when it's during the hard times. We'll go find that with God. And I also want to say this as I wrap. Once I, I say I, before this Friday night, I had this aspirational view that humans can love unconditionally like God. But now I understand that no human is capable of allowing oneself to be killed and still love infinitely the person trying to kill them and not being able to be killed. Only God can do that. Only God. So I encourage you, dear brother, dear sister, to go find that love because it's the only thing that will right every wrong, heal every broken piece, and rescue every soul that is lost right now. And I pray that this message goes throughout the world. I pray that this message becomes the most realist experience that you will ever have. And I pray for this message to set your soul on fire. I am Lucas Mack. This is the golden rule revolution. What is the golden rule? To do unto others as you would have them do unto yourself. To love your neighbor as yourself. And to love yourself is to fully express yourself. And in order to fully express yourself, you must go to the creator of the self. And fully express it to the creator. To prove the creator's love for his creation. To prove the father's love for his child. You are that child. And this is the golden rule revolution. I am Lucas Mack, my dear brothers and sisters. I love you all. And I will talk to you on the next episode. Thank you, brothers and sisters for listening for support in your journey. Go to my website, lucasmack.com.